Welcome to tonight's Saturday Night Special, episode 143. I'm Bob Brum. I challenge you to invest in yourself, invest in others, develop your influence, and impact the world by using your time, your talent, and your treasures to live out your calling. Having the ability to find the positivity in life is key, and one way to be inspired to do that is to listen to this, the Inspired Stewardship Podcast with my friend Scott Maynard. But the realization is that people doing the work are people first, and you've got to look at that idea of what's going on with the people. How are they feeling? I'm not saying it's all hand and holding and sing the Barney song or whatnot, but we've got to get the task done. But when you go through mud with a bunch of people and you're doing it in a fun way and you're doing it energetically. Welcome and thank you for joining us on the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. If you truly desire to become the person who God wants you to be, then you must learn to use your time, your talent, and your treasures for your true calling. In the Inspired Stewardship Podcast, you will learn to invest in yourself, invest in others, and develop your influence so that you can impact the world. In tonight's Saturday Night Special, I interview Bob Brum. I asked Bob to explain what an encouragement engineer is and why he calls himself that. I asked Bob how we can incorporate positivity into our life without being a Pollyanna. And Bob shares more about how he became an encouragement engineer despite the challenges he faced. One area that a lot of folks need some help with is around the area of productivity. Getting not just more things done, but actually getting the right things done can be really tough. I've got a course called Productivity for Your Passion that's designed to help you do this and then to hold you accountable and walk with you so that you can tailor productivity not just to be getting more done, but actually getting the right things done. What's more, we take the approach of looking at your personality and how you actually look at things in the world and tailor the productivity system to your personality. Because the truth is, a lot of the systems that are out there are written really well for somebody with a particular personality type. But if you have a different approach to things, they just don't work. But there's tools and techniques and approaches that you can take that will work for anyone. And we help you do that in Productivity for Your Passion. Check it out over at inspiredstewardship.com slash launch. Bob Brom is a professional award-winning speaker, author, and an encouragement engineer, serving corporate, collegiate, sales, youth organizations, and individuals with encouraging keynotes or workshop presentations. Bob guides audiences to achieve personal and professional growth with positive encouragement and action plans that combat the negativity that inundates our daily lives. Bob is a top-selling author of eight books and has been a guest on internationally recognized media outlets regarding his encouraging, positive perspective, action-oriented strategies. And Bob also created his own podcast, Encouragement Engineering, to reach out to listeners to combat the negativity that inundates our daily lives with a positive perspective and positive actions. Welcome to the show, Bob. Thanks, Scott. I appreciate your time today. I appreciate being here. Looking forward to our conversation. Absolutely. So we just talked about it a little bit in the intro and how you have a podcast called Encouragement Engineering and you talk about yourself as an encouragement engineer. So I got to start with that. What do you mean by encouragement engineer? Where does that term come from? 
it's interesting because there's a little story behind it. When I was in college, I originally went to college. I wanted to be a constructional engineering major. Well, that was great. I love the math, but there was this little part that's big in engineering called science. Mm -hmm. And I didn't do so well in that. I didn't like it. So I ended up shifting my major into accounting and business. And the more I got into that, it, it was good. It was factual. I liked that. As my career grew, I ended up changing into the IT field. And what's interesting with that is there's a lot of acronyms as well as there are in accounting, but it was more technical. And so that's where the idea of the encouragement engineer comes about is that path that I took. But it's also something different because it helps people to see a difference. As an encouragement engineer, it's similar to what people would call a motivational speaker, but you can't make people be motivated. As an engineer, you help to see something a little bit differently. You may look at something and just a little bit different, see something different that nobody else saw. And that's what I try to help people do is see that difference in what they do, how they perform, what they're thinking about with their mindset so that I can help them to show the benefits of encouragement, the benefits of a positive attitude, the benefits of a positive mindset in their life so that they can get through life events because we all have life events. And as an engineer, you help people to see a way to build on what they have and to get around or do alternative measures, if you will, to get to the destination they may want. Mm -hmm. So let me, when I think of an engineer, right, I think of somebody who helps design something. Yeah. They're a construction engineer, they're designing a building, they're designing construct a roadway, whatever different kinds of engineering, electrical engineer, designing electrical systems, whatever. So by encouragement engineer, do you, do you mean you help people design the environment? What, what does that look like in practice? As what I do is a lot of times it's not only speaking to groups to give them a different perspective about where they are, where they can go, what the opportunities are, but individual coaching, I help people to see the opportunities in front of them. A lot of times we can get stuck in our mess, if you will, and we don't see the forest for the trees as we've often heard. And I help people to take alternative looks at what's going on in their life. What are they looking at? What are they focused on? And help them to see the benefits of a different focus. When I was young, when I was six years old, I lost my mother to cancer. Two months later, I lost my grandmother. Christmas Day that same year, I lost my grandfather. I realized this pattern called death in our life, but I didn't sit in that and soak in it. I realized it was going to occur. I was the youngest of all my siblings and I had older parents. My parents were, they lived through the depression. My dad was a World War II vet. And that helped me to see a perspective of older parents that people my age didn't necessarily see. And so it, I help people to do that, to see something that's a little bit alternative, something that will help them to see positivity in their life, something to help them get out of a, a situation that they think there's no resolution to. And that's what, that's that design, if you will, help them to see if a lot of times in individual coaching, I'll help people to draw out what their ideal day would look like, R literally write it out word for word. What does it look like? What are you feeling? What are you smelling? How does that make you feel? So their mind can start to shift and help people to see the, the opportunities that they have in their life. Mm -hmm. So you alluded to it just a little bit with the story of your origin and that loss early in your life. But how did you take us back on that journey? You talked a little bit about college. Yeah. How did you get to the point you are today where this is what you call yourself? 
Was it as simple as you graduated college and you said, yep, I'm an encouragement engineer today or, you know, what happened between those two? Well, yeah. And it's funny because as I graduated college, it, it wasn't okay. Now I'm a a speaker. Now I'm going to do this. I went into the, the corporate realm. I did the path of corporate work and so forth. But what I kept seeing was the lack of focus towards encouragement for others. And it wasn't until, geez, I would you say. Mean, you I, mean the beatings will continue until morale improves? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. See, I was in the corporate world too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm trying to be polite here, but yeah. But it wasn't until about 10 years into my career that I went to a conference and I saw Keith Harrell give a presentation mm. about positive attitude and how your attitude can really change your focus, who you are. And that really encouraged me. And I thought, okay. I want to grow this idea. I want to self growth was very interesting, personal growth. It, it developed, I developed more of that interest. And so I started going on those lines and following such people as Jim Rohn, Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar, J- James Malinchek is another one, but people that help people to see alternatives so that they can grow. And that personal growth space is critical. And that's where I developed the encouragement engineer piece, because not only in the corporate environment, do you not see a lot of encouragement because they get focused on finishing the task or being on budget or being on task. But the realization is the people doing the work are people first. And you've got to look at that idea of what's going on with the people. How are they feeling? I'm not saying it's all hand and holding and sing the Barney song or whatnot, but we've got to get the task done. But when you go through mud with a bunch of people and you're doing it in a fun way and you're doing it energetically, there's a big difference in when the, how the project gets done, how quickly it gets done, how the people's attitudes shift from just drudgery to, yeah, let's get this done and work together. And you see that team effort come about. So thank you about that. If somebody's hearing this right now, and I think a lot of times immediately there's the feeling of, yeah, the yeah. yabbits. So what would you say to somebody who's thinking about this and maybe a little skeptical if they want to begin integrating positivity into their daily life, if they want to give it a shot, yeah. what does that actually look like practically for somebody? The great Open question. In, yeah, it's it, a lot of times. Yeah, I'll see that all the time. People think positive attitude. Oh, that's Pollyanna. No, it really does help us. It really does help how we look at things, how we perceive things. Take the drive home, for instance. If any of us go into work, you're driving around town, you're driving on a freeway, whatever it may be, you're going to run across somebody that's flying through the traffic, doesn't care about where they're going, and they just they don't use turn signals. They just cut front of you, slow down, slam on their brakes because they're going too fast, and they get to slow down. Their blaker fluid is low. Yeah, you know, and you get that scenario. But how do you look at that scenario? Do you react to it? Does it affect you the rest of the drive home? Are you slamming on your steering wheel, calling, telling that person they're number one? What are you doing? And does it really, what is that effect on you? And do you want to continue that effect? So what you can do is, what's the alternative? Why am I screaming at this person? They don't hear me. They don't see me because they're too busy going through and in and out of traffic. They don't care about me. That's fine. I care about myself. I care about getting home safe. I care about eating dinner with my family rather than ending up in the hospital chasing this person down and who knows what could happen at that point. So what is your alternative to the current situation? How do you look at that? Is there a way to shift your perspective so that you can say, okay, you know what? I don't need to focus on that. I don't need to focus on that negative energy because all it does is raise my blood pressure. You get red in the face. You're not thinking straight. 
you don't need all that. So there's certain things you can do in tasks or occurrences every day. The first one is how do you wake up in the morning? That alarm clock goes off. Is it, as Zig Ziglar used to call it, is it, it's an opportunity clock. It's not an alarm clock. It's an opportunity clock. And how are you taking on that day? Is it an opportunity? You have a clean slate as soon as you wake up because there are people that don't wake up. And as long as we have that opportunity, we have a gift in front of us. And so that's the way I look at the day is it, I, I say a prayer for my boys. I thank God that they're safe. And, and I, it starts my day off in gratitude. It starts my day off in thanks. And I can move forward in that. That's a good place to start. It's not, okay, I got to do this. I got to do that. No, I get to do those things. And, and I'm sure people have heard this before, but it is true. What is that perspective of the tasks we have to do? We all have tasks to do. We have to brush our teeth. We have to get a shower, et cetera. We have to feed the dog, let the dog out. Okay, that's great. You have a dog that loves you. That's unconditional love giving to and from. You have teeth to brush. <laughs> you have running water. And it's not, even if you want cold water, you can do that. But um, Or hot water, whichever you prefer. We have these things and people often say, oh, you know, those are first world problems. My cell phone broke. Yeah. Okay. I get that. But you can break it down to your perspective of those situations. So those are some quick things that people can do just starting off their day to shift that perspective of, if you will, drudgery or, oh, got to get through this, got to go do this. We get to enjoy this opportunity called a day in front of us. Mm-hmm. And if they're feeling... We joked earlier about the corporate world, and that's we. It's easy to beat up on on a corporate job, but and again, I actually the job I left, I loved my job. I loved the people I worked with. I joke about it now, but it really wasn't. I left something I hated to do something I loved. I just left something I loved to do something I love more. more right. But at the same time, there are a lot of people that feel stuck yeah, in their yeah. current situation. What are some What are some tips, or or what else would you add if they need to get out of that kind of stuck in the mire mindset. And and that's always a good one because that's where people, if you will, they lose hope because they feel Mm -hmm. stuck and that's not what we want. And I go back to a book by Franklin or Victor Frankel. And he went through the concentration camps Mm -hmm. and his mindset was one that there's something better for me beyond this. And that's what we got to look at. What's beyond, because a job can be temporary, even if you've been in it for 30 years, okay? Eventually you will leave. But what are you doing to take that next step? Are we learning something? Are we picking up an audio book? Are we reading a book on our breaks? Are we reading something that really interests us? If you love, I I talk to students about this a lot. I know we got to read a lot of things in school and that's like, it's boring, it gets drudgery. But what is something you really love? Google offers all kinds of videos and stuff you can learn. If you want to learn mechanics about a car, about a skateboard, about an airplane, you can learn it through videos, through different medias. So you can learn these things. What are you doing to take that next step? If you're feeling stuck, okay, you may feel stuck because your abilities, maybe your hands don't work right that well so much anymore. Okay, what can you do for exercises? Find out exercises you may do to help your hands build strength, to stretch them more what types of medicines and effects they have. So you're building your mind. I think that's the key thing people need to remember is that the more you grow your mind, the more you learn, 
that gives you opportunity. That gives you hope. And that's critical is that hope factor is so critical because it gives us an opportunity to go towards something that maybe we didn't see before. So one of the questions that I like to ask all of my guests is, of course, my brand is inspired stewardship and I run my life through that lens of stewardship. And yet I've discovered over the years that not everyone either knows what that word means or has the same definition of that word. So let me ask you, what does the word stewardship mean to you? And then going a step further, how has that thought impacted your life? To me, you look at the base definition of it. We spoke early a little bit about this. The base definition is to take care of property or something. And that's great. But your number one property, if you will, is your mind. And I think that's what encouragement, positivity help you to do is you've got to take care of your mind to see those positive moments, to see that ability, see your greatness, see your ability within yourself mm-hmm. so that you can see all these opportunities that are really there. You just don't see them that yet. And it's important. That's what I help people to do is see those other opportunities, but you've got to take steps. So what are we doing? I help them to see the opportunities or possibilities and what steps are we taking to get there? How are we going to, like you said, get to that next job if if you're feeling stuck and you want to get something else? Are you learning? Are you growing your mind? Are you looking for things that you can learn in small steps so you can get to that next step? How are you doing that? Is it complicated? Sometimes we we will overcomplicate things as humans. We tend to do that. It doesn't have to be complicated. I try not to do that. I do it myself many times. I got to stop myself and say, all right, let's break this down. It's got to be more simple, one step at a time because we're not going to climb the mountain by jumping to the top. We got to take the steps and go up the hill, go up the other part, go up the next incline. We've got to take this, the time to do it. And that's a, a downfall I have as well is that idea of patience. We need to understand that learning takes time. And over time, we grow so much. If you look back to where you were when you were a kid compared to now, mm-hmm. there's a big time gap, but you've learned so much. And that's what's critical is that what you've learned is giving you opportunities, allowed you to grow, allowed you to experience new things in life. Those are the things we want to do. So taking that opportunities, I think as a steward, it's helping people to see the benefits they have within themselves already, that greatness they already have, and helping them to take the steps to get to expose that more, to expose it to themselves and to the world more. Because as we grow, it makes our world and our a better place. And that's just all good for everybody. So one of those, one of the things you said, it reminds me of the, one of the things that I tell people is we horribly overestimate what we can do in a day. Yeah. We horribly underestimate what we can do in a year. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, we, we all put too many things on our to-do list for today. Yeah. And then we're frustrated at the end of the day because we didn't get all 272 things you put on your list on that were going to happen. And yet over a year, it's amazing how if you just do a little bit every single day, how much you can actually achieve. Yeah. yeah. I, I was oftentimes you'll hear people will just read for 30 minutes a day. Okay. That's fairly easy to do. 30 minutes a day. That can, you know, lead up to hundreds of books a year, depending yeah. on the size of the book and what you read. Yeah. It's and that growth is just amazing for everyone. For, for a number of years, I actually had a goal of reading 52 books a year. So that's a book a week. A week yeah. And I would do that. And now, granted, I have taken speed reading and other things, and I read very quickly. So that gives me some of it. You know, yes, that right. is an advantage. But even still, I was only reading about a 
an hour in the morning and an hour at night, every night, day. And then I average, because some books you could do that, you do that and you finish it in three or four days. Other books, it takes you two weeks to do that, but it averaged out to where I would read 52 books in a year. Yeah, I will attest to that. You can read a lot more than you think if you just read an hour or two a day. (laughs) And again, you don't have to read 52 books in a year either. You can book a month. Most people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The key thing is we all have this power and it's right in our hand most of the time. And it's a big red button called turn off the blue tube, turn off that TV and pick up a book. If audiobooks too, if you want to multi kind of multitask, but audiobooks are a good way to do it. Reading physical books. We we have the ability to do it. Yeah. Auto university. If you yeah. listen to an audio book on your commute into work and on your commute home, you'd be surprised at how many books you can listen to in a year. I, I used to call my commute auto you because I yes. was always trying to learn something during my, my drive. So it was my, well, yeah. Why sit in traffic and hear about the traffic you already know you're sitting in and, and all the <laughs> weird stuff going on in the world when you could be expanding your mind and, and laughing and having a good time with what you're listening. So this is my favorite question. And, and everyone jokes and says it's the easy question because it's apparently not. If I invented a machine and I could grab you out of your seat right now where you said and transport you into the future, maybe 100 to 150 years, and you were magically able to look back on your whole life and all of the impact that you've left behind, all of the ripples that you've left behind in the world, what's the impact you hope you've had on the world? It's, that's a very interesting question. And I've often had to look at that because of what I've experienced with elder parents dying, et cetera, like that. So I understand, if you will, life preparation. I would make sure I help people to smile. Mm. And even I've, I've even stated that in my final documentation, if you will, do not have a funeral, have a party when I'm gone. Mm-hmm. I want people to smile. I want them to enjoy, enjoy the memories, enjoy the time we had. And even do that in your own life. Enjoy the time and the memories and the people around you. It's not about things because we don't take any of that with us when we're gone. It's about how we feel and what people do with us and to us. I think that's the important part. It's making people smile, making them feel good is important to me. I like to have people have fun. And that would be one of the legacies, if you will, I'd like to make sure I leave on this world is people have fun and understand the value of positive mindset, positive value in their life so that they can get through different things that will occur in their life. So what's coming next for you as you continue on this journey to living at your call and impacting the world? It's, I continue to do this through different sources. I have my one minute daily motivational videos that I put out, but On the forefront, it's basically, I'm looking to help groups and organizations to see the value of a positive attitude and positive action in their life. And I can speak to those groups. I can do coaching sessions with them. So those are the things I'm looking for in the near future. As far as I've spoken to many conferences, international conferences as well, those are always good resources as well. But those are some of the things I'm looking for in the future. Um, I, I continue to write books. And, you know, I've got eight that I've done already. So I'll be putting out another one. I'm not sure how it's still in formation, if you will. And so that that will be coming about in the next, probably within the next. You can find out more about Bob over on Facebook and Instagram. He's there as at B-R-U 
B-R-U-M-S-P-K for Bob Brum Speaks. You can also find him on LinkedIn and YouTube as Bob Brum or find out more about his services over at his website. That's the best place to find out more at bobbrumspeaks.com. Of course, I'll have links to all of this in the show notes as well. Bob, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listener? I'd just like to let people know we all have things that will occur to us and our mindset is critical for getting through anything. Let's focus on our value. Let's focus on our strength. Let's focus on the hope, the the value we have and, and what we can grow into with a positive attitude is immeasurable. And I think that's what we need, especially in our, our society today. Focus on the positive. How can we help each other, help ourselves to grow? When we grow, it makes our world a better place. So continue that growth. If you need help with that, I'd love to help you. Thanks so much for listening to the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. As a subscriber and listener, we challenge you to not just sit back and passively listen, but act on what you've heard and find a way to live your calling. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor. Go over to inspiredstewardship.com slash iTunes rate, all one word, iTunes rate. It'll take you through how to leave a rating and review and how to make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you can get every episode as it comes out in your feed. Until next time, invest your time, your talent, and your treasures. Develop your influence and impact the world.